Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with you on the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the key studios on this Monday evening. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. To be a part of the show. The Odyssey app is how you catch us on the go. Social media at 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can follow me at JMCH316 on my personal Twitter page. Well, obviously, everything abuzz around the Atlanta Hawks as Nate McMillan has been released from his duties as head coach. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline. Let's talk to our buddy Brad Rowland. He is the host of Locked On Hawks, a daily Hawks podcast part of the Locked On Network. I think I know somebody else who's on that network. But anyway, uh, he is on Twitter, at BT Roland. Brad, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for jumping on in such a quick fashion. as uh, news breaking everywhere, huh? Yeah, it was uh, not exactly expected. I'm, I'm not shocked, but I am surprised for sure. Yeah, you know, I, I asked this question, and, and maybe you can shed some light on it. I understand not doing it right around the All-Star game. But Landry Fields even said that, well, you know, certainly the last couple of games played a definite factor in this in, you know, giving up 266 points to the uh, uh, Hornets and the, and the Knicks. Why not just fire him after Wednesday night's performance instead of waiting until now? Yeah, it, it's a reasonable question for sure. And I actually, you know, not to say that I was going to report or anything like that, but I was hearing a little tiny bit of buzz on Thursday and Friday that he could be in trouble. And then when it went away, like nothing happened, I kind of assumed it was over and it was going to just be business as usual. So, yeah, it's maybe just, maybe it's just that they want to stay out of the way of the league and you know, the league might want not a lot of bad stories around All-Star Weekend. I don't know what it would be, but I think your logic is right there. Like, you would want the staff, granted, it, it is Nate's staff, they're not going to be able to make huge changes in between now and the next game. Gameplay-wise, they're going to practice this week, and um, you know it won't be a, a total overhaul, but it would have been probably helpful for all parties to know this four or five days ago, uh, maybe have the weight lifted a little bit. On the other side, I guess they might have had their reasons, or maybe it came from the top, and they just kind of decided after a three- or four-day powwow to go ahead and move on, but the timing is a little bit weird for sure. So nobody thought that Nate McMillan would be back next year. Nope. No Hawks reporter. Nobody. When I talked to guys around the league, nobody thought Nate McMillan would be back next year. Why do you think now with 23 games left? And and, I mean, more than just the all-star break and it's a natural break in the action, but with 23 games left of the season, why do you think the change had to come now? 
I think it's a combination of things. I mean, you mentioned it, it is a very natural place to do it, even though we just talked about they waited a few extra days. It does give them a very rare time when you actually have like back-to-back -back practices to make a change. Most of the time in the NBA, you don't have more than one practice at a time, and uh, really it's, the schedule is pretty daunting. That's one part of it. I think also just, you know, it was leaked out by the Hawks to Woj and others that they still want to salvage this season. I'm sure part of that is that. Um, I'm skeptical that, you know, going from Nate to Nate's staff without Nate is going to make a huge difference necessarily, but maybe that's part of it. And I think a big chunk of it, especially if you look at who's been reported as being potential candidates, is that there is a first mover advantage. If the Hawks want to get out there and be the first team to have an opening and kind of be able to get their ducks in a row for next year and beyond, there is a little bit of an advantage to say, all right, guys, we're open for business, especially if like Quinn Snyder is a guy like, on, on their list or whoever, guys they can actually you know, maybe talk to now or at least get in the mix for before the season ends. There's probably an advantage there as well. So it's probably a little bit of all those things. But if you're looking for like one shining reason why they moved on, I think there's probably not going to be one for you. It's probably a lot of, a lot of different things that were playing into the formula. Brad Rowland, host of Locked On Hawks, a daily podcast about the Atlanta Hawks, joins us here on the WaitFord.com hotline. I know everybody, you know, in life likes to centralize the blame onto just one entity, whether it's players, coaches, front office owners, and things like that. But I've been preaching the idea that I don't think anybody has their hands clean in this. I don't think – I think everybody has dirty hands. It wasn't just a Nate issue. It wasn't just a player issue. It wasn't just a front office issue. It wasn't just an owner issue. Do you think that this is kind of everybody's got their hands dirty in this whole thing, or is there one person that you put above everybody for why we're where we're at? I think we're on the same page, honestly. You know, it's a very natural fan reaction in particular to just put it on the coach. That, that's a very natural thing. I think, you know, in the last few months, it's been very clear that the fan base has turned on Nate McMillan after thinking he was kind of the second coming a couple of years ago when he took over from Lloyd Pierce. It's kind mm -hmm. of funny to see some of the turns and reactions there. Um, and look, I don't think Nate was a perfect coach by any means. I think he's probably not the answer that's going to make the Hawks a contender, but he is not, he's far from the only problem, to your point. I think ownership has, deserves a big part of the blame. I think that anytime you, know, you are the face of an organization, you're the, you're the money person and you set the culture, um, Tony is not blameless at all. I think the front office, you know, has now obviously been overhauled, but Travis wasn't perfect. This new group obviously has their feet wet now a little bit, but they have a lot of uncertainty. The players have not played well. Um, it's it's everything, and I think that is uh, it's hard to communicate that. It's not a satisfying answer, but uh, I think it would be very silly to put all of the blame, or at least even a lion's share of the blame, for the Hawks' underperformance on Nate. It's also a very natural thing to move on, especially in the NBA. This is this is just what happens when a team underperforms. The head coach gets fired. It's a very it's a very frequent thing. It's been happening for years across the league, and that's nothing new. But uh, him being the scapegoat is it's, it, it makes some sense, but it's not going to solve everything right away for sure. You know, Brad, I. I saw the same tweet from StatMuse that, that you put into context about the 14 teams and things like that, about how the Hawks are among a starting five that's played 300 minutes. They're the number one defensive efficiency team in the league. And there's only 14 teams. I understand that, but that's still about half the league that, that has done that. Why? It doesn't feel like that, though, right? Like, I mean, when you read that stat, and I'm not disputing – what StatMuse has put out there, but nothing – maybe it's just a recency bias of, well, they gave up 266 points in the last two games that they played. Maybe it's that, but nothing about that stat just says, 
man, they really are a good defensive team when they all play together. I, I, I can't wrap my arms around all of that and that stat that, that was put out there. Yeah, it, it is tough. And, you know, something I've been saying a lot, and it, it is true objectively, when they have all of their starters available, they're 19 and 11 this year. And that's not going to set the world on fire, but that, that's a good team. If you're 19 and 11 over a 30-game sample, that's a, that's a good basketball team. And I think the defensive stats, like you said, I, I, there's not really a world where this team is like an elite defense. That doesn't really exist, I don't think. But they are generally good when their starters play together. But I, I haven't said this a lot. Recently, you can't just bank on being healthy all the time. Like in the NBA, it'd be nice to have perfect health, but nobody has perfect health. And if your entire roster is constructed to where you can't withstand even one injury at a time, especially when it's not even a Trey Young, it's not like, it's, like it's, it's your best player that's out all the time. It's just like a, if anybody's out, they suddenly just get a lot worse and you just can't function that way. So I think the recency bias plays into it. They, they've been very bad defensively in the recent past, kind of hilariously as their offense has been better recently. Early in the season, their offense was the problem. And now it's been a defense again, and it's kind of back to where it was a couple of years ago, really the last couple of years, where it's been an offense first team that can't get stops. And finding that, that equilibrium is a very important thing. And aside from the starting lineup, which you said accurately has been good this year, every other group for the most part has been something less than great. And uh, again, you, you can't just bank on your, your starting five playing all your minutes. And, because even, even the best teams that are the healthiest teams, you only play so many minutes with your actual starting five, and your bench has to be a factor as well. And how much, Brad, you know, it, it doesn't seem like it's ever just one guy that's out. It seems like it's two, three. I think we had one game where four starters were out. You know, that that seems to be it just kind of spirals that it's never just like one guy that's that's dinged up or something like that. It always seems like it's like two or three guys that we miss at one time. Yeah, they've definitely been clustered together. I mean, it's interesting because if you look at the numbers and the way the, the games played have gone, you know, last year and two years ago, the Hawks had a lot more injury issues than they've actually had this year. If you look at them compared to the rest of the league this year, they've actually been above average in sort of health luck. They've had their guys more often than other teams have. But like you said, when they're missing two guys at once, or if you're just if you're constructed to like have this, they have this depth this depth issue, and they solve some of that deadline by getting Sadiq Bay. But if you were asking me what their number one problem is on the roster coming into the season, I would have said their, their extended depth. Like when everybody's healthy, they have a good top eight, top nine, but their 10 through 12, 10 through 13 is very bad. And I think those guys end up playing real minutes when you have any kind of injury. And that can kind of sort of, uh, I don't know, have the ball down, this sort of ball rolling downhill on you a little bit because, um, you know, with one thing breaking, they don't have a lot of depth to fill it in. When Trey is out, they don't have a lot to fill in. When Jante is out, same thing. When Capella is out. And uh, they just kind of have some, they have so many quote unquote irreplaceable guys that you, you become to where if anything goes wrong, you're in dire need of a, uh, of an overhaul. Brad Rowland joining us on the waitfor.com hotline, host of the locked on Hawks podcast, the daily podcast about the Atlanta Hawks. So this is, this is what I personally believe that this decision, and this goes back to, I think the separation of the owner from the general manager and all this. This is what I personally believe, that this is going to be a Tony Wrestler hire. And I think that my personal belief is that he's going to go into deep waters. He's going to go for a home run hire, a splashy hire. And I'm not saying that – I'm not saying Kyle Korver and Landry Fields won't have a say in all of this, but this feels like it's going to be a Tony Wrestler hire when all is said and done. Do you think that way, or do you think you know this is going to be 
Fields and Corver that ultimately make this decision? I think with Tony Ressler, and we don't know what's going to happen for sure, but I think with Tony Ressler, there's a track record now where every big move is, is a Tony Ressler move on some level. He, he's very, very involved by ownership standards, and that can be good and that your owner does want to win. Uh, it could also be bad if your owner starts to override your basketball people, and I think that's been a, a line that he's walked in the past and I think has, has crossed in the past from what I have heard and what he's even admitted to on the record at times. Like he's been a little bit reactionary. He's, a, he's an emotional guy. He's a competitive guy. And I think that anytime you get to a level where you're making a, a front office decision like a GM hire or a head coaching hire, the owner is always going to be in the mix. So if I had to guess right now, and it's still very early, obviously it's only been a few hours, but I think that you will see, you know, a combination of fields and corporate, maybe compile a list. And then at the end of the day, that hire has to be stamped or put across the finish line by Tony. And I think, you know, he definitely, he definitely likes his flash. No question about that. I think the first and most prominent name that's been out there the last few hours is Quinn Snyder, who's an established high-end coach. And that would be a pretty splashy move. He also has Hawk, he also has Hawks ties being a uh, assistant under, under Budenholzer with Tony on uh, with Tony already as the owner. So maybe that's sort of the connection there, but that would qualify under what you're saying there. But if you go to a, to the next level or two down and you get into the assistant pool, that's no longer splashy. And is that, is that going to be okay with him? We'll see. But really, Snyder is the only sort of, I would say, very, very prominent name that's been out there. Other guys that are notable, like Kenny Atkinson and Charles Lee, who have Hawks ties. But if it's the splash thing, um, you know, Tony, it's got to be a big part of that because, honestly, that costs real money, which doesn't apply to the salary cap. But if you're Tony Wrestler, you, you got to be able to cut the check. And, by the way, that would be your third guy that you're paying because David Millen is uh, going to get, be getting paid next year and the year, about, and the year after that. He's going to contract for a long time, and that's an ownership decision. You've got, you've got to be willing to pay that guy. And, to make a splash, it's going to cost them some, uh, some big money. What about a name that a lot of people are attaching, an Emie Odoka? Uh, obviously, that's another name that that fans are instantly saying, let's get this guy, let's get this guy. But what do you think about a, a, a guy like that bring, bringing him in as the coach? I, I think it's plausible. It, it struck me as notable that none of the major newsbreakers mentioned him today. Like, no one's reported him as a candidate which doesn't mean that he's not a candidate, but usually if that was a guy who was in the mix, you would have heard about it by now. And I think, you know, obviously he has the off-court questions. He is currently suspended for a year from the Celtics, and they've, they've kind of parted ways. And no matter what you think about, about a situation, um, it's plausible that he's just kind of on the cross-off list for some teams. That could, that could include the Hawks. I'm not saying that's definitely the case for Atlanta, but he would be an interesting uh, PR question as well on top of everything else. And um, yeah, I, maybe the Hawks want to do that. I think that he and Snyder are the two guys who are not currently coaching who would be uh, real candidates. Everybody else is probably on a staff somewhere. So if the Hawks wanted to move quickly, the, the very logical names would be Snyder and Udoka. But uh, again, I, I'm not reporting it by any means, but I thought it was very interesting and notable to me that neither Woj nor Shams, none of those high-profile guys even threw him out there today. And uh, that was something that I noticed. I think people around the league noticed too. Last question, Brad. Um, Joe Prunty, he's been a, a coach before. He took over for Jason Kidd. Uh, coached the Bucks, and they lost the playoff series to the Celtics. Short of him getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, any chance that they would retain him, or is it kind of association with Nate uh, at the end of the day with all this? I think that the simple the, the simple reaction would be that he, it would take a lot. Uh, I used to Conference Finals. Um, it was interesting to me going back in, into my notes when they promoted Nate after firing Lloyd Pierce. There was none of this like instant candidate list last time around. Like, and today it seemed like the Hawks had a prepared candidate list to leak to reporters. 
whereas that didn't happen last time around. I think Joe Prunty is a respected assistant coach, but it would take him putting together a heck of a run, I think, to even be a candidate, much less be the lock to keep his job. Whereas with Nate, he had the gravitas. He had the history. Nate's a top 20 all-time guy in head coaching wins in the NBA. It was not inconceivable at all that Nate um, would be the head coach full-time. Whereas with Prunty, I think it really might take what you said, like a conference finals run, like finishing the season 17-6 and six and winning a playoff series or two to even get him on the list much less actually making, making him a coach. So it's not impossible, but uh, it's not, it, it would be because of him. But I think the Hawks want to go probably outside of the uh, current structure, and that kind of plays against him. Check out his Locked On Hawks podcast, a daily podcast about the Atlanta Hawks and Locked On Network. Brad Rowland, join us here on the waitfor.com hotline. You can follow him on his Twitter page, at BT Rowland. Brad, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks so much uh, for the chat. And, uh, listen, we'll talk again soon here as we try to figure out the rest of this season so far. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You got it. All right. When we get back, it will be time for What's Bugging Chuckery. So Jalen Carter's issue was that he helped out a teammate. Hmm. Okay. Chuckery here in the Kia Studios. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.